0: Would you pray with me? Gracious God, as we approach the scripture this morning, Lord, I ask that you put me behind your cross, that your words and your thoughts would be mine. And Lord, if I misspeak, forgive me. Let your message be heard. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Y'all remember when you were little and your parents were going to take you to Six Flags the next day and you were so excited about going that you couldn't sleep and you couldn't rest? And that's how I felt for about three days now. So So there was this young new preacher. He was handsome coming to town. And he he showed up on Sunday morning going to preach his service. And he's driving around town looking for the church, but he can't find it. So he, he um, sees a little guy on a bicycle, and he rolls the window down and says, Can you help me? And the little boy puts his bike down and walks over, and the preacher says, What's your name? And he said, My name's Johnny. And he says, Well, my name is Donnie. I'm the preacher at the Methodist Church, and I can't find the building. Can you tell me where it's at? Little Johnny says, You're not too far. You go up the street a couple of blocks, and you take a right. And he says, It's right there. You can't miss it. He said, You almost got there. Pastor Donnie says, Thank you, Johnny, for your help. I sure appreciate that. Why don't you, why don't you come to church and, and I'll tell you how to how to find Jesus? And he said, Well, wouldn't that be a trick since you couldn't even find the church? <laughs> Our sermon text for today is Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 17. It says, Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who Do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, but others Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. So I titled today's sermon, Who Do You Say That I Am? Peter's words in each of the gospel messages, it differs a little bit from, from book to book. Matthew has it, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Where Mark, very shortly, and briefly says, you are the Christ. But then Luke says it the clearest of all, and he says, you are the Christ of God. The, the passage teaches that our discovery of Jesus is a very personal discovery. It's who we know Jesus to be, right? His question is, you, what do you think of me? I believe that Jesus, I believe Jesus had a sarcastic side. We were talking about that in the kitchen this morning. Everybody seems to see Jesus as this solemn guy that didn't smile, he didn't laugh, he was so serious, and I don't believe that of Jesus. I believe that he was funny, and I believe that he was sarcastic. The, the, the example I'll give you is when Pilate was saying to him, um, so are, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus said, did you come up with that on your own, or did somebody tell you that? You know, Jesus, I believe had a had a funniness about him. Our knowledge of Jesus can't be secondhand. We have to know for ourselves who Jesus is with study and with learning. And Jesus asked each one of us here today, "Who do you say that I am? Who do you think I am?" Well, when Simon answered him, Jesus said, "You're exactly right, and blessed are you, Simon." It wasn't revealed to you through flesh and blood, but through God the Father. Now, this, this story of who do you say that I am hits us all pretty close to home today, right? Because I, I, I I'm new here. I don't know if y'all noticed it or not. I am new here. I'm not Cassie. Um, she has gone on to, to uh, a, new, a new thing. And um, many of you don't know me. I've met some of you. I've met. I've met a, 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 we had a, a men's breakfast I made it to, met a few guys. I've uh, met some folks around town in the office, um, at the pharmacy. Uh, where else did I meet? Brandy's, you know, a couple of places. People stopped by the house. So I've met a few of you. And those who I've had a chance to visit with might know me a little better. But the rest, it's still a mystery, right? I'm a mystery, kind of like y'all are to me. So, so I'm going to ask you now, who do you say that I am? And how am I going to help you here? I want to start with a little background on who I am. I want to tell you, I want to get you caught up to today. So um, born in Sherman, Texas, 1968. I am the second youngest of five. My two older brothers have passed. Um, I have an older sister. My dad passed in December of 2019. I have a younger brother. My mom lives with us. Um, I graduated Sherman High School And then after a less than rigorous 25-year program, I graduated from Texas A&M Commerce with my bachelor's in sociology. Uh, And that plan, if you call them, it's the Donnie plan. Just ask them about it, (laughs) and they can tell you. It's like a quarter hour a year or something like that. A lot of bowling classes. In 2015, I graduated from SMU Perkins School of Theology with a Master's of Divinity. I worked for Tom Thumb Food and Pharmacy for 15 years and I drove a Bluebell truck for seven and a half. Bluebell will come up a lot in my sermons. It was on the route of Bluebell that I answered my call to ministry. I first served in the First United Methodist Church of Van Alstine, Texas. Uh, I, I served there for six years. I was appointed as an associate. I was an associate pastor in 2009, in 2011, moved to Tom Bean, became the senior pastor of Tom Bean United Methodist Church. In March of 2016, mid-year move, Christy and I moved to Nokona as a senior pastor there. I was ordained in June of 2017 as an elder in the <coughs> Methodist Church, and today I begin here. Christy and I have been married for 18 years. She's the better three quarters of me. We have four daughters and the young men that accompany them. Today, we only have three daughters and three guys, Cassidy and Malik, Emily and Brian, Courtney and Thomas, and that is Thomas's mom, Pam, back there, who joined us today. Uh, Megan and her boyfriend, Frankie, couldn't make it. Uh, Sadly, they're uh, sailing up the East Coast on a yacht this week and (laughs) couldn't get away, so... um, (coughs) I believe that Andy Griffith is still the best television show on that, on, and Shimp is the best stooge. No. And Shemp is the best stooge. I love to go on cruises and I love long road trips. I am a foodie and we spent three trips across the country following diners, drive-ins, and dives. I love all kinds of music, and I'm allergic to shellfish. That's Donnie in a nutshell. But you know, even after telling you all that, you still don't know me. The true identity will come in times of need and in crisis in another church business. Do I make hospital visits? Will I be in the community? How do I communicate? The questions already come up. Do you prefer pastor or reverend? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I prefer His magnificent holiness, but (laughs) y'all can call me Donnie. In our sermon text today, we are looking at the question, who was Jesus? Was He just a good man? Was He a philosopher who left us some virtues to live by? Was He a prophet? Uh, Or was He crazy? Was He some madman that thought Himself to be divine? This... Text is another example of Jesus withdrawing from the crowds. He knew that the end was near. He knew that time was coming when he would be gone. And he needed time not only to rest and, and, and to focus his mind, but to spend more time with the disciples because even after all the time he had spent with them, they still didn't get it. They still didn't understand. And Jesus needed to know that somebody got it, that the work was going to continue So he withdrew to Caesarea Philippi. And and the thing is, Caesarea Philippi was was a, a religious hub for years and years and centuries. It had been a place where all the religions kind of gathered and there were different religions and different practices. And Jesus deliberately set himself against this background with this question of now, with everything you see and everything you know, who am I? In response, the disciples kind of hem-hawed around and said, Well, some of them say this and some of them say this. But the reality is nobody said they think you're a fake. They think you're a liar. They believe who you are. And then Peter said, You are the Son of God. See, Peter finally realized what he had known all along, that Jesus was the Messiah. He was the Son of God. He was the anointed one. And with that answer, Jesus knew that they knew. Jesus needed to help them understand the magnitude of his existence. You know, we we don't have the luxury of seeing Jesus do his miracles or walk and teach. You ever wonder what his voice sounded like? I do. I wonder what he sounded like. But the beauty is we do get to see him at work. We do get to see him in, in, in miracles of healing of someone who's, who's gone from stage four to step five. That's seeing Jesus at work, uh, of seeing the faces of the kids down here this morning. They didn't know me, but they were glad to welcome me here with smiles and conversation. We could have forgotten all about y'all and stayed right there for the entire hour. <laughs> But we see Jesus in, the, in our families and friends. We see them in uh, the sun rising and setting. Family and friends, my oldest friend is right there on the corner. My oldest friend. We see it in the summer rain smell and, and the cries of newborn babies. Elderly gentlemen holding the door for their wives. All these examples of, are God's grace. God gives us to remind us. Of Jesus and His goodness. Now sometimes, sometimes we get cloudy and we get jaded and we forget the good things. We, we let our minds wander and it's not all that great. We need to once again welcome that Holy Spirit back into our lives and, and begin to live out the commission that we've been given to love God and to love our neighbors, to love ourselves and to make disciples of Jesus Christ. And the good news is the Scripture tells us boldly it tells us exactly what we're supposed to do. Jesus didn't leave it to chance. He didn't say, I'm going to say a few things, and then y'all, y'all, it'll be a mystery. You'll have to find it in the Scripture. He said it clearly, John 14, I am the way, and I am the truth, and I am the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. That's crystal clear. And we're supposed to share that message with the world. We're supposed to share that message for all to hear. Jesus is going to be identified to others by how we demonstrate who He is. And when we talk the talk but don't walk the walk, it turns people off. Our words and our actions will bear witness to the world about Jesus. And and not just the world, but Decatur, Texas, and Wise County, and Texas, and the U.S., and wherever it is that we go, our lives will reflect the Savior, and some will be drawn in, And some will be turned away by our actions. So, friends, we've got to make a choice today. Putting you on the spot, first day here, you have to make a choice today. Do we want ourselves and Jesus to be known for the kind words and compassionate acts that we live? Or do we want him to be known by something that's not so good? Reverend Marcus Jones, two weeks ago here, Marcus is wonderful. He asked the question, who are you when the single mother needs assistance? And who are you when the homeless neighbor needs clothes? And who are you when the troubled youth needs love and guidance? Let's, let's, let's expand that. Who are you when the troubled neighbor needs assistance and love and guidance? And then Gabe last week, if y'all missed Gabe's sermon, you missed out. You missed out. Gabe said, uh, talked about the miracle of compassion. And in our world and in our community and in our church, in our homes, they're all riddled with division and chaos and loneliness. How, How do we respond to that? What is the aftermath of that mess? And his answer was simple. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is our answer. Folks, as we learn more about each other in the coming days, in the coming weeks, in the coming years, and I have not spoke to you all behind me. I'm sorry. I haven't forgotten you. Still mad about the curly thing. But as we, as we, as we get to know each other, I believe that the dreams and that the visions that we share for the church will shape us. I'm looking forward to hearing what it is you have to say, what you hope for, for First UMC Decatur and for the church universal, because you remember, this is bigger than just us. It's bigger than me and you. But I'm going to tell you that we will create an environment where people of all ages and races and orientations and abilities and biases and doubts and fears will be welcomed and loved unconditionally just like Jesus did. And we will, we will speak plainly about it. It means I don't want to use $10 SMU words. I do want to welcome with the love of Christ and be relevant. And when I say relevant, I don't mean 1950s relevant. 1950s were great, but we don't have 1950s troubles today. We have 2021 troubles. There are some people who don't like church, and we have to realize that. When they sit in church, it's painful. And we don't want to give them that. We want to make a joyful noise. We want to celebrate the life of Jesus. We want to have fun. Laugh at your preacher because he's going to give you plenty to laugh at. Laugh at each other and laugh with each other. Jesus is going to be defined by us. He is who we say he is. So here's my question and my challenge for you. Who can I say that you are?